Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The chat podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. The chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I am coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for The Chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The chat is also available through iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Tracy Pike. Tracy is a mother and grandmother and is the executive director of Ascend, which is a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Washington, D.C. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome to the chat, Tracy. So good to have you here today. Thank you, Nida. It's so good to be here. Will you tell us about your family? Well, sure. I have been blessed with a son and a daughter, which I had always prayed my whole life that I would get to be the mom of a boy and a girl so I could experience that. I have two sisters, so I didn't have a lot of male males in my life other than a really amazing dad. Um, but I have a daughter who is married to an amazing young man named Max Godby. Uh, my daughter's Ashley. They live in Lexington, Kentucky. And my son serves in the military. He's in the army. He is currently stationed in Texas. Just got back from Saudi Arabia. And I have a new grandbaby. Max and Ashley provided me with a little grandbaby named Judd, who will be running for president in 2056, if you know, our <laughs> listeners are interested. <laughs> Very good. Well, I'll be looking for that. Yes, yes, me too. <laughs> With a rocker or a cane or something. <laughs> Will you tell us about your work? Yes, yes. So I work for the national nonprofit, as you mentioned, called Ascend. And Ascend works with legislators and educators across the nation to equip them to help young people make healthy life choices. So I previously worked for the local pregnancy center in Columbus, Indiana called Clarity, and I was the director of education there. And what Ascend does is teaches people how to do what Clarity did by educating youth in the classroom. And so Ascend offers a accreditation course for the educator themselves on how to teach the most professional holistic health approach to human sexuality. So sounds like a valuable position that you've been, that God has placed you in. Very uncomfortable, but very valuable. Yes, <laughs> uncomfortable in that. Um, you know, I love my work with Clarity, and I've been there for twenty years, and. Um, We were just talking before this radio spot that my friends, one of my mentors, Tim Bond, is uh, at Clarity, and I very much miss them, but I know I'm doing exactly what God called me to do. Will you tell us about your testimony? When was it 
that you came to know Jesus? I do not ever know a time in my life I did not know Jesus. I have been raised by a pastor, um, Bob Lay. I am a daughter of a pastor, PK, what some of us known as preacher's kids. And I have never not known about God and the love and grace and mercy of God. And so I believe maybe at four or five, whenever I had the cognitive ability to make those prayerful choices to invite Jesus into my heart and to be my savior and surrender my life to him, I did that at that time. And I've done it 2,353 times since. Every time the uh, sinner's prayer is offered, I say it because you know what, Nida, I'm a really good sinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are, are you a professional so, one? I'm a professional well? sinner, and um, I need God's, you know, grace and forgiveness every single day. So, how old were you when you can remember accepting Christ into Probably your life? Three, four, five years old is one of my earliest memories. Actually, uh, was you know saying the sinner's prayer, and I believe mm-hmm. I was um, baptized at a youth camp in. Um, a lake when I was around 10 years old, when Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I felt like, I think adults in my life felt that I was cognitively enough, you know, capable to make that decision. Mm -hmm. What is your relationship with Jesus like? He is the air I breathe. I am unapologetically sold out to my Savior. 100%. I consider myself a God chaser. Now, that sounds like God is elusive and I can't catch him, but God is always moving and I am trying to stay in step with him (laughs) every day, every single day. I don't know how people do it without Jesus. I really uh, do have a much empathy for the unsaved world because Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine getting through life very far and very long without having and knowing the you know presence of my savior mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. he is the air i breathe i kind of think of at it like i eat sleep and breathe jesus yep, yep. and i know that wears some people out and i try not to be overbearing with it for mm-hmm. sure um you can have a conversation with me uh, where I may not mention the name of Jesus, but I hope you feel the presence of Jesus mm-hmm. or see the light of Jesus in the grace and mercy I extend to others because he's extended so much to me. Mm-hmm. I could never withhold it from others. So I think that's why I love youth um, so much and want to impact as many people as possible in this generation just to that they know they have value, that they were created for a purpose. And I think that's why I'm passionate about young people because I want to show them that, you know, Going into adulthood without Jesus is super painful. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I've not always lived so graciously for Jesus. I've had mm-hmm. a season of my life, and I guess we'll get into that with the testimony part, but um, where I did not put him first. And boy, that cost my life some negative consequences that, again, he turned to beauty, you know, beauty for ashes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a pro. He's so excellent at doing that with each of us, isn't oh, yes. he? Do you have a passion? Most of us as Christians, there is something, there's an interest or something that God puts within us that we, there's an area where we like to serve and we look for places to serve. Mm -hmm. Do you have a passion? I do. Teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I always say, um, even in my professional bio, that I feel like I'm a teenager trapped in an old woman's body. (laughs) I'm a 54-year-old teenager is what I am. Um, because I, I just love youth. And the reason I love teenagers specifically is because they are so brutally honest enough 
to tell you exactly what they're thinking. It seems like in adulthood, we're better at filtering that and putting on a fake facade as far as acceptance to something when we don't really even believe it. Uh, we've learned to get along, but teenagers will just call you out. And I love and appreciate the honesty of that, you know, and even the disrespect of that at times, uh, just saying, oh, you know, I'm not sure you understand my heart. Here's why I want you to know this information. And just um, giving young people all the information they need to live a healthy life, holistically healthy, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, and of course, when able spiritually to give them all they need. What's an area or two where God is working on you to make you more like him? Oh, wow. Just an area or two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all we have time for, Tracy. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you know me very well, you're like, whoo, he's got his hands full with me. <laughs> we, we don't have days here. Right. Not we days. just have okay. a few minutes. So an area or two. I, I'm going to be honest with you in the last, you know, since uh, we're recording this at the time of COVID, I don't know if you'd want me to say that because of recording of it, people could be listening to this not during this time, but in the last year and a half of um, lockdown, let's say, of our communities and such, I really feel like God has been dealing with me spiritually in the comparison trap area. This is so unique and interesting in that every year I come up or I pray and seek scriptures for a word for the year, a, a theme word for my year. And I'll usually attach some scriptures to that and kind of really focus on that for a year. And I have found myself in a comparison trap. And what I mean by that is always comparing my journey to someone else's and thinking, well, that's not fair. Either, you know, I'm killing myself working so hard at something and somebody else is basically laying by their pool reading all day, you know, and I'm like, how, how that's not fair, God, you know, and I will never forget. And, um, the pastor of the church I go to just past, just preached on this on Sunday. And my dad has always said, fair is not in God's economy. You, you cannot compare yourself. So fair, not, life is not fair. And I hope anybody listening to this understands that, you know, it, it is in our hearts to want justice, I guess. But that fair is a very uncertain journey of comparison. Um, and really, we don't want fair because what we deserve is for the punishment of our sin is death, you know, we really don't want fair. But comparing, you know, people's journeys and paths, God said, you have your own path. I have called you to such and such, and I want you to keep your eye on your own road, you know, and that's, that's the biggest area God has been ministering to me lately. I also am a huge fan of Bible study fellowship. And I'm in Bible study fellowship, and we're studying Genesis. And the life of Joseph right now is just so convicting. So this is another area of my life that I feel like God is really working in that his life was super unfair, you know, that he shares with his brothers that he, um, they're going to bow to him one day, and they take it very offensively, obviously. But that journey to get to that point in his life was super unfair. He was accused of crimes he did not commit. He was left in prison and forgotten. And, you know, it's years later before that prophecy is realized in his life. And there was many years of unfair, unjust, un, you know, treatment in his life to get him there. So God is just showing me how the pain of our lives uh, produces powerful ministry. The theme song for the chat is a song called Stepping Out. Mm -hmm. And it talks about, you know, Peter having to step out of the boat so that he could walk to Jesus. Mm -hmm. What about you? When is a time 
that you had to step out of the boat so that God would stretch you mm-hmm. to step out in faith to do what it was he was directing or wanting you to do. Can you give me one of those times? Absolutely. Uh, six to eight months ago, I uh, was very comfortable in a job that I loved. I didn't even call it my job. It was my ministry working at Clarity. And um, I was thriving uh, in that position at Clarity as the director of education. And I'm telling you, God opened up the door to work for this national nonprofit to teach people how to do what Clarity does, again, in the education department. And I resisted at first. I was mortified. I mean, I told Clarity, I would never leave Clarity. Clarity is my life, you know. And when you hold onto something so tightly, I think that you could begin to make it maybe an idol. And um, I'm not telling you that I feel like God moved me on because of that. But that was Clarity was my comfort zone and my friends and my mentor was at Clarity and everything was wrapped up in my ministry and Clarity and God called me to leave Clarity and work for Ascend. And um, I'm telling you, he is so sweet because I have a an additional mentor in my life who is the president of Ascend, uh, an amazing godly woman named Marianne Mozak. So um, I've definitely stepped out of a comfort zone of in my life. And, you know, it's so interesting to me, the um, theme of stepping out on out of the boat onto water, because water has been a big theme, as you're going to hear shortly. My favorite song also speaks of, you know, stepping out and plunging into water, not walking on, but plunging deep. So in that boat of mm-hmm. faith, how's it feel to be there? What's it feel like? I don't feel like I get to be in the boat. I am in over my head plunged into the water of the world around me. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. the boat is safety and Mm -hmm. God never leaves me in a comfort zone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. I'm trying to remember what it felt like to be sitting in that boat. Uh, But I know what you mean. Um, In faith, there's nowhere I'd rather be. I want to be buried and have people at my funeral celebrating that, you know, wow, she lived passionately. So I, that's my goal for God, passionately for God. And that's when we grow is when we're out of the boat Mm -hmm. and we're walking on the water, following what Jesus says. And then as he stretches us, he also grows us. Amen. And so that's the wonderful thing about, though it feels uneasy mm-hmm. so much of the time, mm-hmm. but that is God's plan for us. Amen. Let's talk a little bit about your prayer life now. Do you have a designated place that you go to every day to mm-hmm. pray? I do. I have a bit of a ritual, uh, but it's not so ritualistic that if I miss it, I feel like I'm out of sync or anything. But I feel now, I want everyone that might be hearing this not to to know that I am not meaning this, that I think all people are called to what I'm about to tell you. I'm just telling you what God called me to do. And um, I, first and foremost, get out of the bed and go into the shower. I, it's just what I need to do to function and wake up, wake myself up. And I do listen to praise and worship music, actually, in the shower. And I get out of the shower, and I lay my towel down, and I just hit the floor on my knees. That is just a little bit of a ritual I have as far as I have just made a commitment to God that 
as long as I am able, I will bend my knee to him. And the very first thing I say is, you are God, and I am not. And I praise his name and thank him for another day, and I start my day with that. It's a little bit more of a shortened prayer. And then after I go grab my coffee and get a robe and whatever, I um, have a prayer chair. And I feel like one of the main spiritual principles my father taught me was that every physical reality is a spiritual law played out. And so that filtrates through my entire life. And I say it all the time. And people who are in Bible studies with me learn the mantra. Every physical reality is a spiritual law being played out. And so I felt like when God was talking to me about tithing, which I've always been a tither uh, financially, I felt like God spoke to me to tithe my time. And so when he brought that revelation, that physical reality as a spiritual principle played out, I thought, um, wait, God, like, wow, 24 hours, like 10% of 24 hours, like two hours and four. I don't have two hours and 40 minutes a day. Like, I, I just don't know how that's possibly feasible for me. So God said, no, 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 you have eight hours to work, eight hours to yourself, eight hours to sleep. This is the way I've structured the day. So I want 10% of your eight hours that you have what to do with yourself. So that equals 45 minutes. And that was doable for me. So I go to my prayer chair and almost every day spend 45 minutes um, in my prayer chair doing my Bible study fellowship, prayer, devotions, um, whatever my morning you know looks like, but focusing on um, God. I feel like I am in constant conversation with God. I you know, do get on my knees before him, but I also send up a flare all day, every day, all the time, you know, before I have meaningful conversations with people. Um, when I'm making decisions, I'm shooting out an email. One of the job functions I have at Ascend is in fundraising. And so I'm like, Lord, lead me to who you, you know, would bless uh, me to have a conversation with it it would be a blessing to them to, you know, make a donation to Ascend. So I am in constant prayer with God. I, at Clarity, we did something called Strength Finders, where you kind of identify your strengths. And one of the God-given, I think, strengths that I have is, um, was identified as something called belief. And that is just the mindset of filtering everything you think through your belief system. And so it's super easy for me to constantly be in touch with God in my mind and in my thoughts and in my prayer life constantly. They may not be the formal prayers like, oh, dear Heavenly Father. It's just like, okay, God, what do you what do you want for me right now? You know, so uh, it's hard to identify exactly a, you know, scope and sequence of prayers. It's just all day long. <laughs> do you have a prayer that you say before you go to bed at night? I don't have a specific prayer I say before I go to bed. Mm -mm. I say the Lord's Prayer at least once a day for sure. Um, but that's, that's usually the one on my knees also after I get out of the shower, my, the Lord's Prayer. Um, I do not conclude with a specific, you know. This has been so good so far, Tracy. I'm enjoying hearing about your walk with Christ. Thank you. We need to take a break, but we'll be back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and I am chatting with Tracy Pike. We're talking about her prayer life, and Tracy, we would like to know, are there any prayers that you pray specifically for yourself on most days? Yes. Well, I always start my day with a prayer that says, God, you are God, and I am not. And I intend that to mean that I bow my will to his so I pray every day that I am surrendered 
because I'm a handful. <laughs> As we just talked about a little bit ago, I'm a lot. I'm a lot for a lot of people. And I have a lot of energy and a lot of passion. You'll probably never have to guess where what I'm passionate about or um, where I stand on something. But I am a lot. And I still I need the sanctification, of course, of Jesus every day. Mm-hmm. Because me unsurrendered, whoo, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be I'd be a handful for the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> for Jesus. So just that I stay submitted to God, and you know I don't always get it right. I really don't. I I do walk in the flesh far too often, but um, my intention is to be holy and one hundred percent surrendered to God every day. If God could answer only two prayers for you, what would those two prayers be? I know this easy. Number one is I feel like I have the revelation that I am a drop in an ocean. And I nearly chose that song to be a theme song of my life, Oceans, um, because I really do sense that I am just a drop compared to the vastness of God's creation. But my prayer constantly has been that that little drop that I am would make the biggest ripple out effect possible that a drop could make, number one. Mm -hmm. The second one is for my children, to love Jesus, to, for my family, my legacy, my grandchild, to love Jesus and make him a priority for all the days of their life and have the same ripple out effect. You know, I believe we're here for a purpose and a plan and that they would walk in that purpose and plan for their lives through Jesus. Two very important prayers mm-hmm. that you're talking about mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Let's look at your devotion life. Is there a devotion uh, that you uh, go to, uh, look at God's Word each day? Uh, What does your devotional time look like? It looks like the Mm B-I-B-L-E. It looks like the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I have had seasons in my life. A very, very good friend of mine give me streams in the desert. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've done Jesus Calling. I've done seasons where I've very much enjoyed the leading and guiding of scriptures through those devotions. Um, I've read your devotion uh, that you wrote, Nida, and really enjoyed the the stories and the the scriptural truths and biblical truths that you've brought through your devotional. But um, I am very dependent on going straight to scripture every day as well. I want to, you know, and most of the devotionals, of course, lead you to the scripture that you can mine. But I really do like the model of Bible study fellowship. And I like to mine books at a time. And every single time I do, it's why the word is so alive, because every time you read it again, something new is is a a new biblical truth is brought to you. And I love how the scripture um, always points out the attributes of God. You know, and if that's what I'm trying to model my life after, then these are the attributes I should possess, which is a tall order, you know, to um, try to possess any attribute of God. But if we are surrendered, you know, he can use us in so many mighty ways. So I would say my devotional life looks mostly dependent on Bible, on the Bible and Bible study, Bible study fellowship. Have you ever had a favorite devotional? Is there one that through the years it has really spoken to you on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, actually, it's called um, Victorious Living by E. Stanley Jones. Hmm. Now, it's not, um, it's meaty. Like, it's, it's, it's a, it's like scripture. It point, you know, it points to scripture, 
but it always has some type of a script, a spiritual truth that you're again mining. And there's sections of it that will mine different um, attributes of God. And so East Stanley Jones has probably been my go-to um, again, streams in the desert during some very tumultuous times of my life have been important to me as well. Mm-hmm. A real grounding to it. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Do you have a life verse that has encouraged you through the years or god has used in your life absolutely and i don't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm still mining it mm-hmm. um because i just am always questioning what it means and how well i'm doing it's a gauge um it is psalms forty six ten. i have it written in my kitchen i have it written on my bathroom mirror with a right on <laughs> wipe off marker and psalms forty six ten is be still and know that I am God. And with someone who has so much energy and passion, it is really, um, again, that's why I grapple with it. And it's always a constant reminder that God's telling me that it is not dependent on my works for his glory. I love that he lets me. I feel like I'm maybe that toddler that's in the kitchen always annoying their parent to want to cook with them. Um, he lets me. But it is not up to my works. His grace and mercy is not up to me to, uh, it's up to me to demonstrate for others. But, you know, I feel like I work hard uh, at trying to expand the kingdom of God, but it is, it's not me. It's me unsurrendered just makes a mess of everything. So be still and know that I am God is the grappling life verse that I cannot get away from. (laughs) But it's easy to remember and have Mm -hmm. such, like you're saying, such meat. I mean, it's a whole meal all in in itself. Exactly. How has God used it in your life? Well, God brought that life verse to me during my my first, I don't think it would be my first, but one of my most major um, tumultuous times in my life when I was um, in my late 20s, early 30s. And I didn't understand it and I didn't want it. And my life was falling apart around me and I didn't want to hear be still, (laughs) you know. Um, But the more I was still and quieted before God, the deeper I came to know him Mm -hmm. and new attributes that I can't know in my busyness. Mm -hmm. So um, it began then. That's how it became my life verse. And it I've revisited it and it just I can never get away from it. I don't think it's just for you, Tracy. I mm-hmm. think it's for me. It's for each of us who follow Christ. Mm-hmm. We need to have periods of quietness before mm-hmm. the Lord so that we can hear what he wants to say mm-hmm. to us. Well, do you have a favorite book of the Bible? I do. I, well, it's really hard to choose, okay? But um, I usually tell people James is my favorite book of the Bible because James is like me. He's a bit sassy, okay? Mm-hmm. He's so confrontational. Mm-hmm. And I always challenge teenagers whenever I have an opportunity to talk to young people. I'm like, you think the Bible's boring? You, you have not read James lately because he is so confrontational and almost sarcastic, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like he starts out verse two, be, you know, it's pure joy when you face trials of many kind. Um, but honestly, Jonah really resonates with me so much um, in that, you know, he was gifted to this work and resisted it and didn't want to go. And then when he did go, then he had a big attitude about it. And I just mm-hmm. really resonate with Jonah a lot, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sure love reading James. I, I love the whole Bible. I'm so grateful to God for his word. 
you said that you were studying Genesis in Mm -hmm. BSF. Yes. That has, oh my, that is a year study right there. It is. And that's why, you know, just every book of the Bible I'm studying at the time is my new favorite book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, there's just not been any part of the Bible I have not enjoyed. Can you tell us two of your favorite biblical accounts? Yes. And one of them is kind of interesting biblical account. And I, I cannot remember what Bible teacher brought this to my attention, but I really enjoy the story where David has sinned against God yet one more time. Again, another one of my favorite characters, because I very much relate. And he is told to go build an altar on a threshing floor that he does not own. And when he does this, this is second Samuel twenty four twenty four. And this is what David says. So he goes to this threshing floor and and the owner of the threshing floor says, what are you here? He sees King David, this mighty warrior, coming. And he's like, oh, no, here, have 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 the floor, have hair. Here's some oxen. You know, he's trying to provide him with everything David needs for his sacrifice um, and to build an altar. And this is what David says. He says, I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And I'm telling you, that just pierces my heart that um, that is so me, you know, um, living for Jesus costs something. It costs, it should cost us everything. It really does surrender as far as surrender. But you know, you cannot outgive God. He is so gracious and good. So um, I just try to model my life after that, that I would never offer to the Lord something that cost me nothing. What, what, what sacrifice is that? So I try to remind myself to dig deep and um, spend, expend, you know, um, my offering to the Lord should should be of great value and be of great depth. So mm-hmm. I try to model my life after that. Um, I guess the second a biblical account is probably Jonah again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just resonate. I, re- I resonate with the rebellious ones, I guess. <laughs> that um, seems to be running the course this does, way. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you that, but I'm also candid enough to be, you know, honest uh, that I, I have to surrender. It's a daily, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a daily journey. <laughs> yeah, I am in counseling with some people like you. <laughs> I should be in counseling. (laughs) I'm a pretty opponent of good counselors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about two of your favorite biblical women. Who are they? And why would you choose those two women? Okay, well, guess what? I could not not choose. I couldn't. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) back that up. I can only choose one, and she is nameless, and it's the Proverbs 31 woman. I love all the women of the Bible, and mm-hmm. I love that Jesus brought dignity to women. Christianity brought dignity and respect to the value of women. So every woman mentioned in the Bible as a woman, I resonate with, I champion. I mean, I can't help but think of how God has used, you know, a prostitute even to save his, you know, um, the spies and the camp in the Old Testament. I, I mean, I resonate with every woman in the Bible, but the Proverbs 31 woman I grappled with for years until I was asked to speak uh, at an event on Proverbs 31. And I'm like, oh, I hate that Proverbs 31 woman. She's too perfect. Who can measure? Like, mm-hmm. until through that teaching and, you know, just surrendering to God the responsibility of teaching on Proverbs 31, that it is only through Him 
that we are ever anything good. And I really love the role model that she is. It's super intimidating as a woman, like getting up before everyone else and going to bed last. And, you know, it's so demanding. Mm-hmm. But um, that this is just what God assigns to us in his goodness and his work. This that we are the Proverbs 31 woman, even though we fail at it every single day. You know, mm-hmm. it's just almost like the attributes of God. I cannot mm-hmm. be God, but I can certainly in different seasons and positions um, reflect the attributes of God. So I am not the Proverbs 31 woman. I admire her, um, but I am at different times only through God's strength. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've got to take another break, Tracy, but we'll be right back with the chat. Out of the boat, for the Savior is We're back with the chat, and I'm chatting with Tracy Pike. We are now going to talk about mentoring. This is awesome. Or who has been a mentor to you in your life? Or have there been several mentors that Mm -hmm. you have? Tell us about that. There really has. Um, I am so, so very blessed that I was raised in the household of my main mentor and my main mentor in my entire life and still is to this day, if I have a decision to make or prayer to um, ask a request of, is it would be my father, Bob Lay, and my mother, Sharon Lay. They um, have raised me in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and Bob Lay is a humble, gentle pastor of a man that is the same on Monday night at dinner table as he was Sunday morning in the pulpit. And I attribute his authenticity as the role model that I would like to, you know, um, mimic my life after or model my life after. And I have two sisters and we all love Jesus. And I believe it is because of the authenticity and love of God that we were raised under. Um, in my life, obviously, there have been other people that God puts in different seasons that are mentors to me, and um, one of which was Celia Gibson. She was my Bible study fellowship leader for several years in the in the Columbus, Indiana evening class. And um, I would say Tim Bond at Clarity, the um, executive director. I've just never met a more thoughtful, humble, but um, you know, at Clarity, Tim literally put into place quarterly prayer days. Uh, quarterly, you were to take a prayerful planning day where you are literally, you know, at, uh, instructed to, and, the, and they have, you know, um, content to them too, you know, their reflective content and scripture to them that you would seek God in your work, in your ministry. God has just been so good to me. Um, through the years and through the seasons, Dr. Heidi Bach uh, is another amazing spiritual woman who has grown me incredibly. And then more recently, Marianne Mozak, the president of Ascend, just some of the most authentic, deep spiritual Christians that, and when I call these people mentors, these are people who will call me out and say, whoa, whoa, what are you doing right there? That, that does not make sense to me. Have you prayed about that really? Like, you know, that will call me out and hold my feet to the fire. And um, that just, you know, you can probably tell by my personality. I don't, not a lot of people probably have the, I don't know, confidence to call me out because I'm a pretty confident person. But I really love and respect people who do because I need it. I, I need people to keep me genuine and focused on God. And when they see me steering away, 
they are quick to to address. I don't think, you know, you're thinking godly here or, you know, let's let's rethink this, you know, always in such a sweet spiritual way, you know, a, a sweet, tender way like the Holy Spirit would. But, you know, I think mentors are, you know, Holy Spirit with skin on people. <laughs> the Holy Spirit obviously is uh, my mentor. I do, I forgot to mention this earlier, I do listen to something every day, it's an app, and it's called Give Him 15, and this guy named Dutch Sheets, he calls the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, he's like, I just do that because I feel like that's his name, Holy Spirit, and so, um, Holy Spirit is my mentor, Mm -hmm. of course, but um, I do appreciate, you know, the people that uh, walk this side of earth and with skin on that is able to call me accountable to behaviors. As a woman follower of Christ, we all go through struggles. What has been one of your struggles? Something that you have had to deal with in your faith walk? I, um, you know, when you're a young Christian and you grow up thinking that this is how life will go and you have these expectations, you know, you will get married and have children and raise these children. I mean, you just have this pattern of not perfection, because many people achieve this, but um, I believe the f- failed marriages I've had <laughs> has been the the biggest hardship. That mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has to be one of the hardest things that you have had to deal with. Very difficult. Yes. During this difficult times, or these difficult times, is there a specific song or songs that God has brought to you to minister to you, to just bring healing mm-hmm. and all that you needed at that particular time. Has there been a particular song for you? Absolutely. And I'd like to read something that I wrote about the song that I have chosen as one of my favorite songs. I really am a huge believer of God using music. It's why I love WYGS and the bridge and this, you know, this venue. Um, I also listen to a lot of podcasts and different people. And so um, I uh, wrote this speech uh, that I was to give at an event and it just really summarizes the song. So I'm going to read a little bit of what I wrote about this. Um, So bear with me as it's a little bit of a story context. And it kind of mentions about, you know, the pain parts, painful parts of my life as well. So, as a little girl on a family vacation, my father playfully snatched me from a run-by taunting at a pool and tossed me in like a bucket of water in the deep end of the swimming pool. My heart beat wildly with terror and exhilaration, and the plunge sent me deep into the watery underworld of which I had never experienced before. Immediately, however, the air-filled devices affixed to my arms rocketed me back to the surface of the water. And I will never forget the feeling of being tossed into a world where I was plunged way over my head. And I certainly never anticipated that this half exhilarating and half terrorizing world would be exactly where God would call me to live my life. So you see, as a preacher's daughter, I have had the incredible blessing of growing up in a godly Christian home. Serving God was expected. Loving God was easy. I was taught from a very early age that to whom much is given, much is required. This was our family motto. Do you know, as a preteen, I once ran across this precept in Luke twelve forty eight, and I kind of thought Luke had plagiarized my dad. So for a great deal of 25 years of my life, um, my service to God was mediocre, honestly, at best. I had misconstrued a very blessed life as normal, 
and you could call me a Christian floater. As life would happen, my world was rocked with betrayal and chaos and pain, and I experienced betrayal and marriage, followed by a divorce. And this did not fit my perfect life floater plan. So this devastation was followed by a plunge of rebellion, resulting in an unwed and unplanned pregnancy at 30 years old. I wasn't only in over my head. I was drowning. I wouldn't change any of it for the world, however, because pretty lives rarely produce powerful ministry. I found some commonality with one of my favorite Bible characters, Jonah, who also has his own deep sea adventure journey. Jonah's prayer in Jonah 2-2 became my prayer at that time. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. For the depths of the grave, I called for help, and he listened to my cry. And I had barely surfaced for air in my life when I realized that he didn't rescue me to set me afloat again, but to ask me to dive deeper into service with him. And ironically, it was at that time in my life um, that a song was released by Stephen Curtis Chapman, which became the theme song of my entire life. And in the song, the lyrics state in the song Dive, um, my heart is racing and my knees are weak as I walk to the edge. I know there's no turning back once my feet have left the ledge. And in a rush, I hear a voice that's telling me it's time to take a leap of faith. So here I go. And I plunged into ministry because plunged lives produce powerful ministry. The song is Dive.
the song that Tracy chose, uh, Dive, I hope it has ministered to those of you listening today. We have a couple of minutes that I would like to give to you, Tracy, right now, that has God laid anything on your heart that he would like you to say to those listening that will minister to them or encourage them or help them in some way. I want to give you time now to be able to do that. I would love that. Thank you. I want to encourage our listeners, anyone who's within the sound of my voice, I feel like the Holy Spirit can use times such as this. Uh, Again, another one of my favorite Bible characters, (laughs) Esther, um, to... um, Understand the pain of our lives is for purpose, and he does not mean to hurt us, but grow us through the powerfully painful portions of our lives. I um, you know, know that if you get very far into life, pain, life is painful, and painful things occur, wh- whether it be you know, uh, relationship pain. Um, it usually is relationship pain because we are you know, created to, to be in relation with one another. And so whatever your pain is, that you would um, understand that pretty lives do not produce powerful ministries. It's painful lives, such as Joseph in the book of Genesis, that has been through so much tumultuous you know, situations that were unwarranted to his purpose, yet produced his purpose. And so I just want to encourage anyone listening whose life has not turned out as they had planned the to surrender that type of pain to the growth that God intended for it. And he uses all things together, all things for our good and for his purpose and for his glory, um, not to hurt us, but to grow us. He never leaves us in a comfort zone. So I'd like to encourage anyone who they feel like God is stretching them out of their comfort zone right now. I know it's very uncomfortable. I pretty much live there in uncomfortable. Um, But to embrace the discomfort and the growth of the painful patches of life. Thank you for those words of wisdom, Tracy. Will you pray with us? I would love to. Dear, awesome Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for whoever is listening to this this snippet of information. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share any amount of what you have done in my life, Lord. And I just thank you for the opportunity to, um, to hopefully be an encouragement to anyone listening. I just pray over the lives of those in the sound of my voice right now that you would lead them and guide them through the power of your Holy Spirit. Make yourself very well known to them, your presence known to them, your guidance known. And Lord, I just thank you for Nida and what a role model she is for surrendering a very, you know, demanding and uncomfortable project here to bring um, us together in this way. And thank you for uh, the partnership of WYGS, uh, disseminate information to bring your people together. We're just asking for a blessing um, for your glory. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for coming to chat with me today. My pleasure. You are a true blessing, and I know that our listeners today have been blessed by your transparency and your just telling us about your life as it really is or as it really has been. 
And thank you, too, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat.